Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Sports Radio 610 presents Seth Payne and Sean Pendergast. We come to eighth time. Let's get the work in, man. Let's go. Great day. Great day. Oh, give me some juice, baby! Hey, what's happening, everybody? Happy Tuesday to all of you. Nice to be with you. Appreciate you getting up with us. We are with you until 10 a.m. this morning. I am Sean Pendergast. He is Seth Payne, and we are six days away, five, six days away. Sunday, we leave to go to Vegas. Very excited about this. We are uh, under a week away from... Five days. Five days. Okay, good. It's enough for me to figure out what day it is to have to count how many days it is till another day in the week. I had uh, I was all proud of myself for making an appointment uh, for today Tuesday mm-hmm. with somebody that I I'm, I got to do some work with and I you know I was trying I was like you know what Seth it's time you're 48 years old it's time to grow up and uh, take the initiative and instead of being like yeah let's get together next week I set an appointment and a time for Tuesday at 3:30 p.m. and yesterday I get a text at 3:40 p.m. Hey, are we mean today or what? And I checked my text messages, and yep, I had written Monday, 3.30 okay. p.m. That's what, that's what I had texted twice to this guy. Hey, man, Rome wasn't <laughs> built in a day, okay? The first step is making the appointment. Yeah. The next yeah. step is keeping the appointment or yeah, remembering today, the appointment. Yeah. Today at 3.30 p.m., that's where I'm going to be. I'm going to be on that Zoom call, okay? <laughs> Are you going to text? It's pretty close. I mean, I got, you know, I got within 24 hours of it. So did you go through with the appointment or did you have to postpone it because you were doing something else? I had to postpone it because yeah. I was doing something else. Yeah, yeah. It was an appointment set by my wife at that point. Oof. And, uh, and uh, yeah, so we uh, so I'm, uh, today at 3.30 p.m. Good for I'll you. I'll be on that Zoom call. Excellent. I, uh, and I almost always make my Monday appointment with Ron and, and Clint, too, mm-hmm. on the drive. Yes. Because they have me on it like... Like two something, I don't know. Two thirty five. Tyler, call, Tyler yeah. calls me. I'm like, okay, cool. I'll hook up. <laughs> I'll yeah. jump on and talk with the yeah. fellas. Uh, yeah, it was a pretty jubilant episode of the drive yesterday. I would say, we, knowing uh, you know, knowing Ron's affinities, uh, his his uh, hometown loyalties. They yeah, he was he was, uh, he was born in Kansas City. It's different than he was very excited. He's, he's not like one of these Yankees fans or something that just decided to be a Yankees fan. Yeah, arbitrarily. Not gonna lie, I I I. Yeah. I, I, I I clicked away for a little bit because I didn't need to sit and listen to a Chiefs fan celebrate. I let Ron get it out of his system for a little bit. And then I went back to the drive and listened to it like I normally do every day. But I I, I, I didn't need to hear a celebrating Chiefs fan. (laughs) Were were you? you, I I bet a lot of our listeners were this way. 
I <laughs> I didn't want the Chiefs to win. By the end of the first half, I was reminding myself, hey, hey, the Ravens didn't look so hot. You know, they didn't do an awesome job versus the Texans last week. And, and then they came on like gangbusters in the second half. So maybe the Ravens are just getting a slow start. And yeah, the Chiefs, they're, they're not that good anyway. And then I can't remember if it was at the end of the first half or the beginning of the second half when they just casually mentioned that Travis Kelsey had 10 receptions in the first half. <laughs> on, like, ten, oh, on 10 oh, targets. Son of a... <laughs> like the ball never hit the ground. I got so angry. The, yeah. ball, the ball never hit the ground when he threw it to Travis Kelsey. And some of the catches were a high degree of difficulty. Like that, that yeah. touchdown catch was a difficult catch and a great throw. I was so I I was so angry. Yeah. There's nothing I could do about no, it. I'm telling it, you. I didn't know. I had not been keeping track. I knew he'd been active. I didn't realize he had 10 damn receptions yeah. in the first half. Yeah, no, I, I, a lot of times when there's two weeks till the Super Bowl, people in our position are like, I need to sit back and take in some of the stats and look at some <laughs> of the angles. I need to wait till I get to Vegas and talk to some people in the no, 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 no. Tuesday, 6.03. Almost 6.04 a.m. I'm putting it down. I'm taking the Chiefs. I'm done fading the Chiefs. I faded the Chiefs against the Bills. I faded the Chiefs against the Ravens. Faded means bet against for those who aren't yeah. up to speed on the, on, on the parlance. Um, I'm done doing it. I'm picking the Chiefs. And, and, and the way my predictions have gone in the playoffs, if I want the Chiefs to lose, which I do, most of the people that are associated with Kansas City and the Chiefs, I really, really like, including Ron. I like Ron a lot. Um, but, but it's, it's the whole, like, just Chiefs thing with Mahomes and it's the same Patriot vibe. It's enough. It's It's enough. enough. It's enough. Thank you, Seth. In one word, it's, it's, it's enough. And so if my track record in, in the postseason making predictions is any indication of what will happen in the Super Bowl, the easiest way for me to get the Chiefs to lose is for me to pick them. The biggest thing. You've been jinxed. The biggest, the biggest thing created by sports media which is like is in direct contrast with I think how most fans feel is this need for a dynasty yeah. I think there's the, these are the two biggest sports media hubbubaloos that the fans really don't care that much about one is PEDs for the most part it was always there's always a huge gap between how much the sports media cared about it and how much the average huge. fan cared about it right yeah. not to say I know there's people out there that cared a lot about it I'm just I saying there was a big gap um, this though, yeah, this belief that somehow you have to have a dynasty, ah, that's for lazy journos to write about. Yeah. It's just a lot easier to write about a dynasty than it is to actually learn new teams every year and yes. everything. So yeah, nobody likes a dynasty nope. and the chiefs are perilously close to achieving the D word designation. So no, they need to die. They need, they to, need to die and Andy Reid needs to retire. That's the D word we need. Don't die. <laughs> they need to die. Die chiefs. They die. Need to die. Um, Speaking and of- not to mention, you had all the whole the, the the Taylor Swift hysteria, which I was cool with at the beginning of the year. Like, hey, whatever, ever more people for the party. At the TV networks have have destroyed that for me because I just I can't I can't take any more of it. Yeah, I can't take any more of the fawning over. Even Taylor Swift herself has gotten sick. She's of it. gotten sick of it too. I was thinking about that yesterday. I, I there look, be prepared. Like the next two weeks, there's going to be as many pieces about Taylor Swift. Within the specter of the Super Bowl, as there are actual yeah. football, I the one thing the one thing that I saw arguments made like you know the, if you are in a job that has anything to do with the NFL, like this is not a bad thing. It's broadening your audience right, right now. Right, it is yeah. bringing new people in, and and we yeah. as a flagship for an NFL team, I don't think we're getting the same 
waffle runoff that the Chiefs and the NFL at Sean, large are getting. But Swift, Sean, I've gotten so much runoff from have the you? Swifties. I got so many Swifties in my mentions, dude. All of you are like, "Hey, are you married?" All this, all over the place. They hey, can't get enough of me. It's a big opportunity for your YouTube channel, Seth. I'm just saying. <laughs> Remember, I actually I did a Taylor Swift reaction video, and I was honestly, uh, I, mean, I kind of did it like with my, I'll, I'll be honest with you, with my kind of sometimes quirky sense of humor where people don't know whether I'm joking or not. Yeah, the Swifties were actually cooler with it than a lot of dumbass sports fans from okay. other cities. Okay, yeah, <laughs> people in this city know. Yeah, the people from other cities they get get all up in arms about stuff. Yeah, you know? no, I think the thing with the Swifties is really what it is is like if she were going out with Isaiah Pacheco. I, I don't think there would be nearly as much blowback. It's the fact mm. that she's with a guy who is so clearly <laughs> desperate and hungry for attention. Biggest yeah. douche on the team, yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's Travis Kelsey yeah. bullying a kicker before last week's <laughs> right, game. Right, right, it's right. Like, he's so hungry for attention yeah. that that's what drives you crazy. Yep. Um, hey, uh, speaking of dynasty, I don't know. Was LeBron ever the uh, overseer of a dynasty? He made the finals a bunch of times. In a row, he was a he's a, you know what he was his dynasty was LeBron James yeah yeah dynasty. yeah, yeah the yeah. dynasty of LeBron James in he's the a Eastern one, Conference one man dynasty um the Rockets took that one man dynasty to the woodshed last night yeah that was fun the the it's, Rockets uh, the Rockets got Dylan they, they they got from Dylan Brooks the reason you signed Dylan Brooks is to get under LeBron James's skin and uh, Dylan Brooks and Vanderbilt and Jared Vanderbilt <laughs> when you sign Dylan Brooks you're like look. It's kind of like when the Texans drafted Mario Williams. You know, you go against Peyton Manning twice each year. you got to be able to rush the passer. When you sign Dylan Brooks, you sign him because you play the Lakers four times a year, and you've got to get under LeBron James and Jared Vanderbilt's skin in a game. Jared Vanderbilt ejected after Dylan Brooks refused to respond to, uh, frankly, just uh, a, a, a aggressive needling Dirty from Jared taunt. Vanderbilt. yeah. yeah. Yeah, perhaps justified, but still, yeah. it was. He's our. You know what? Dylan Brooks is like. A, a, he's an actual blue collar Travis Kelsey. He's yeah. not. A, he's not a wannabe Swifty type uh, of, of of needle and needle. He wants. And yeah. He wants the smoke. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. He pokes bears is what he does, Sean. He pokes bears. Self admitted bear poker. So the, yeah, the Rockets beat the Lakers pretty good last night. One thirty five, one nineteen. They were up by thirty in the third quarter. It was fun. Yeah. It'll be fun if, like, honestly, right now the light, the Lakers are ninth in the West. The Rockets are eleventh. Lakers are twenty four and twenty four. Rockets are twenty two and twenty four. Yep. So if this uh, if this comes down to a play in action playoff yeah. scenario or something, yeah, it'd be a lot of fun. That would be fun. Um, Upper and Shangun was great last night. Jalen Green's had a couple good games in a row. That's been good to see. Um, Cam Sean, Whitmore. I told you. I told you. Don't worry, baby. This, this little lull they went through last week. Hey. These things happen with a young team. There will be another. Learn how to be more consistent. Okay. There will be another lull. <laughs> nah, yeah, well, yeah, there will be. Yeah. There will be lulls. Yeah. There will be lulls. There will be lulls. That's but, the message. Uh, as, as the guys last night were talking about, it really is a matter of just finding, okay, that how do you find that consistency week in and, or night in and night out in the NBA when you're a young team learning about just, like, all of those, like, th- those obstacles that you have to deal with. Yeah. And I feel like they're going they're, – they're doing – it's not a – is it, it's two steps forward, one step back. Maybe two steps forward, one and a half steps back. Yeah, that's about where they are right now. Give from from where they were last year. This is if they if they if they end up over five hundred, it's gonna. Oh yeah. If they end up just a few games over five hundred, it's gonna feel a whole lot like two steps forward, one and a half steps back the rest of the way through. No, no doubt, no doubt. I like beating the Lakers because I don't like Anthony Davis. It's not LeBron with me. I don't mind LeBron. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, LeBron. He, 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 some sometimes some of the things he says are a little whack. 
But I think LeBron is an amazing player, obviously. I think Anthony Davis is one of the most overrated players I've in, in my lifetime. He's an all-star. I get it. He's really talented. They brought him in to be like the next LeBron sidekick. And other than the COVID year, they've been just an average basketball team. And when he got put in the top 75 players of all time, because yeah, he yeah. was LeBron's teammate, basically, yeah. like that bugs me. Anthony Davis is, I, I think he's he's overrated. Well, I wish a, they'd not won that title. That, that, that bothers a, me. Like if you think about Anthony Davis compared to just I, like, say, Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh, um, I think like for lack of a better term, I would just say simply say those two got it. Versus Anthony Davis, where you don't never you never quite get that sense of like okay, this dude's all in on all the all on all the crappy parts of being a, a really good basketball player. Yeah, as awesome as it is, there's actually like and as much as LeBron might annoy you, there's a whole lot of sacrifice that goes into getting to that spot, no and doubt. That level, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Dwayne, well, Dwayne Wade especially, but I'll put Bosh in there too. You know, he played I big. I put Bosh even more so. Well, here's what I was gonna say. Like Dwayne Wade's yeah. a dog. You know, like Dwayne Wade is Dwayne Wade's got a lot of dog in him. I think Bosh has played well in enough big games where I'll put that on him too. The Anthony I, Davis, Ugh. but Bosh took a. I think Bosh's willingness to take that third third seat yes. role at, after kind of being the man in Toronto and mm-hmm. coming down. That I've always respected that for sure. Um, all right, we're off and running on a Tuesday. Uh, we're about a week, two, two, almost two weeks out from the Super Bowl, so we'll be talking plenty of Super Bowl. We've got some some leftovers from conference title weekend. Rex Ryan went in on one of the coaches in the title games. You're going to want to hear this. And Andy Reid explains the decisions to make Kadarius Tony inactive, which Tony, of course, took Great umbrage with as we played yesterday. We'll play for you again. That's can't wait next. To listen to the Kadarius Tony again. And we've got Andy Reid, but I can't wait to listen to Kadarius Tony again. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. 
Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. So there's still some crumbs left over from conference title weekend. Some of the fallout. We'll get to Andy Reid on Kadarius Tony in just a second here. Here was Rex Ryan yesterday on Get Up, former Jets head coach, been to a couple conference title games. We know Rex. Um, he destroyed Baltimore Ravens offensive coordinator Todd Monken's game plan. This is the stupidest game plan I've ever seen. And you know what, Greg Roman, every single person needs to apologize to you because you got blamed for everything about what was wrong in Baltimore. And it wasn't you because this, this new guy that we uh, praised the hell out of. Todd Munkin. Yeah, Todd Munkin. By the way, with the new guy. You, you don't have Tom Brady. Do you realize your quarterback is Lamar Jackson? Not Tom Brady. What in the hell are you doing dropping back 82% of the time? This is a team that led the NFL in rushing attempts. They had six whopping rushing attempts yeah. to, the, to the running backs. What the hell are you doing? <laughs> that is, I hadn't realized that because I hadn't done the box yeah. score forensics on the AFC title game. I was just going by what my eyes saw when I was coming on the air yesterday. I hadn't gone back and looked and realized, like, Gus Edwards carried the ball three times in that game. No, no, no. It was uh, it was it's kind insane. of alarming. Yeah. And honestly, this is where it got really weird. Was I, even when Lamar Jackson ran, when he scrambled, he'd get past the line of scrimmage, and it looked like he was looked like he was hesitant, like tippy toeing. Yeah, man, like head on a swivel to an extreme degree. And and I noticed that a little bit versus the Texans, but nothing glaring or anything. And I almost, I I have no idea exactly why that might be. Other than that, maybe they were just so focused on a certain game plan that that it, it felt uncomfortable to run at that point. Yeah. Um, I don't. I. I don't, like. I have a hard time sometimes because sometimes the game flow, you know, creates a situation where sure. you know even if you're trying to run, okay, you run but fail on first down, or you have an incomplete pass on first down, so you're all of a sudden in a, in a passing situation. The problem is that all of this conveniently does just fit into a lot of the questions he had about the Ravens going into this game where, okay, the Ravens, the Ravens had rarely been down by eight or more points in a game this entire season. They had a lead or were within one score the vast majority of the time. Uh, they were they were, They had a lead in the fourth quarter the vast majority of the time. And either through a lack of familiarity with it um, or just flat out, maybe they're not built to come from behind, it's all that same stuff from three and four years ago. Like, oh, all right, I don't know, maybe this team just can't come. Th-. But that's that's with the assumption that you have to pass to come back that amount. I think in some ways, I, I don't know if Monken didn't trust that the Ravens' defense would figure it out, and maybe that's part of it, or that John Harbaugh didn't think that the, the Ravens' defense would figure it out, but they did. They came out in the second half, and they, they very much limited Pat Mahomes. Yeah. And the, the Ravens would have had time if they had perhaps just run more of a, their normal split of run pass. And, and because the, the Chiefs, especially with like the, the designed QB runs and the QB scrambles over the past couple of years, they've been bad at it. They were bad last week against Josh Allen. And I don't, I, I don't know in what universe you decide that like Josh Allen running the ball on designed runs is working, but it's not for us. Right. I like I, when you've got Lamar freaking Jackson. Yeah. I don't, I don't understand why that wasn't more of the game plan, given that that was an, it's almost like a disrespect to the chiefs defense. 
If you if you're sitting there, maybe that's where Todd Monken really screwed up. Maybe maybe he looked at the Chiefs' defense and didn't really understand how good they were, and that they were above needing to to rely on designed QB runs. When in fact, that might have been one of their only weaknesses as a defense. Yeah, yeah. They they um. I was shocked that they went away from running the ball. Like it, even when in the first half, like in the second quarter, I'm like, they, and they and and they were. They had Lamar throwing passes that there was some precision involved with. You know what I mean? Like a lot of a lot of stuff, you, you know, a lot of East West stuff that was quick hit precision type stuff. Where, yeah, as you pointed out, like even when Lamar, like even when he's completing passes, he's always still just a tick off compared to the Mahomeses and the Strouds oh, of the world. You know, you look at, I mean, some of the plays that Mahomes made on some of those shorter passes in the, in the first quarter especially but Just in right the first there. in the first half yeah. yeah there were i mean he throws to covered guys routinely yeah. in a way that like that's just not Lamar Jackson i think that i think that is still one of those things where you know in a weird in a weird way a comparison i would make maybe is Dwight Howard in trying to force into trying to force a certain style of play that that to to defy a narrative so Dwight Howard, man, remember all the possessions we would sacrifice to him believing that he needed to back somebody up in the low post? I do. Like, oh, no. <laughs> hey, hey, Shaq and Charles are mean to me, so I'm going to prove that I could have played in the 90s. Uh, like, no, no, be the Eurocenter that you are. Just run and run and run. Be free, Dwight. Yeah. Be free. Yes. Like a wild horse, you know? Um, but he would just force these possessions and want these touches in the low post. Yeah. And it wasn't him. And like, likewise, I, I like just wonder if, man, all right, man, Lamar, like, don't worry about whatever narratives are. You are an awesome quarterback. You're an MVP, but part of that is because you are lethal with your legs. Embrace that. Don't try to, don't try to defy what Bill Polian or whoever else might have said back in the day. Like, those guys are done with. The guys that think that running quarterbacks aren't actual quarterbacks, those guys are rapidly dying off. Like, quite literally, they're dying. Like, everybody's ready to embrace a quarterback that's a dual, a genuine dual threat. My God, use all the tools at your disposal. Can I just tell you my favorite thing with this last couple minutes is that now we've compared Lamar Jackson to both James Harden and Dwight Howard. That's pretty good. I, like it, we compared him to two guys who hate each other and played <laughs> and, and couldn't couldn't stand each other at the very I don't know end. If they did. What was the word that uh, the one writer had used? It was it was it Kelly Eco or somebody else described him as uh, like a, a civil. It was some kind of like a, a civil uh, cohabitation or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they didn't necessarily hate each other. They just didn't see eye to eye. But they were they were both too polite to really make much of it. Married couple that slept in separate rooms, that kind of thing, probably. Yeah. All right. Um, the uh, one of the other storylines from over the weekend. We played the audio and we'll play it here. Uh, Kadarius Tony, who was one of the heroes of the Chiefs Super Bowl run last year, um. The uh, he was not he's not one of their heroes this year. Spoiler alert: he's been really bad this year, um, to the extent that he was inactive. Now they listed him on the injury report as inactive due to a hip injury, which is one in a in a series of injuries they've labeled him with this year. Uh, Kadarius Tony took to Instagram prior to the game on Sunday to take umbrage with the Chiefs deactivating him because of an injury. Out of here! All these they try to play me. Oh God, bitch ass. I then don't gotta get on this bitch and be on no go clean no up because I'm really give a on no with y'all. Have y'all really do something? Man, I do something here. Hey, I ain't get on that. Oh God, but hey, look, y'all reading all this cap ass. 
You feel me? Believe it. I don't give a f I ain't never been that to go do all that. But yeah, man, that cap. I'm not hurt. None of that Say that my to. Oh God, not hurt. None of that. <laughs> hip, been, what, what, what? It go from hip to ankle to this to that. <laughs> That's some of the greatest audio we've ever played on this show. That needs to be put on auto tune and set to music. <laughs> it does. It, like the it, the unedited I version, mean, you know. Chef's kiss to you, Kadarius Tony. That is a beautiful piece of audio. Was right to, there was a bit of a rhythm to it, almost oh, like when sure. he started going into the. It was like a. It was almost like an R-rated version of head, shoulder, knees, and toes. Yeah. <laughs> hip, ankle, hip, hip. Ankle, toe, hmm, shoulders, uh. knees, and toes. <laughs> Who are those guys? The four singers from Australia that had the different, uh, the, the the different colored long sleeve shirts on. Didn't they sing that? What, who were they called again? They sing head, shoulders, knees. They, and toes? The guys that they, they go around tour on the concerts and whatnot. They they they, they <laughs> the four kids sing. Text in, you know who I'm talking about. From Australia. They were from Australia, I think. Yeah, and they were kids. It was yeah, a group of kids? yeah, they had some name. I forget that. Uh, like, oh, like they were were they children singers? Yes, they were children oh, singers. Oh, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, okay. yeah. And they sang head, shoulders, knees, and toes. I'm pretty sure someone right. will text. I get. We have a bunch of parents that listen to the show. Probably some of whom are in their car with their kids right now going, why are you playing Kadarius Tony while my kid's in the car right now? Yeah. Um, I thought you were talking about Men at Work or something. No, no, no. I was no, like, no, no, that, no, there was a guy in the video that wore like a French sailor's shirt. And that hey, guy, the big guy. <laughs> by the time these guys became relevant, it could have been Men at Work reinventing themselves. I mean, yeah. let's face it. After Men at Work's first album, we did not hear much from Men at Work anymore. So they might have reinvented the, the Wiggles. Thank you. The Wiggles. Oh, the Wiggles. The Wiggles. Yeah, yeah the Wiggles. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> the monkeys? No, it's not Let me the monkeys. See these it's so not... what were the Wiggles? The Wiggles they had four different colored shirts. You said, oh, they had sleeved shirts. Sleeved so shirts, and they were, they were, they were one each, color. They, okay. Yeah, they were. Oh, okay, were they one color? Maybe I'm thinking the, of the Teletubbies that were different colors. No, the shirts were the shirts were monochromatic. They were all one color. Yeah, they had four different colors. So that's for, what I meant. I, yeah, the way you described it, I was thinking of like baseball shirts. Gotcha. You know, like a, a different colored gotcha. sleeve. Gotcha. It's so not they, ABBA. Uh, okay, everybody's texting in different names of Australian yeah, bands. It's not ABBA. ABBA. Not Australian, they're <laughs> Swedish or something. Yeah, yeah. the Wiggles. That's a, that's a long ways away from Australia. To be fair, climate and everything. To be fair, the Wiggles might not be from Australia either. I may just be thinking things. Let's get to Andy Reid. We promised this that oh, yeah. we just played Kadarius Tony. Here was Andy Reid explaining his side of things, saying, "Hey, we're just working through some stuff right now." Yeah, well, I mean, you know, obviously he's been on the injury report, so I mean, I, I got that that part as a. Uh, that's not made up by any means, but he's been working through some things and, um, he'll, uh, you know, he'll be back out there. Yeah. Okay. Uh, translation. That part is not made up. He is injured because basically everybody in the NFL <laughs> is injured at this point in the season. You can put something on there, but he's working through some he's things. He's loco. <laughs> yeah, he's got, he's got he's got issues beyond the the actual injury that's listed on there. So, yeah. I think mean, two things can be true. He can be missing games not because of an injury, but he could also still have an injury. Yeah. If any and like and this is again, this is one of those situations where I, I would say the likeliest scenario or the most common scenario in this is that Andy Reid thought he was doing Kadarius Tony a solid by putting the name of an injury on there so he didn't have to disclose that it might be something more uh, like soap soap opera worthy right. on there. But he's like, uh, you know, like, all right, listen, we're just going to say you got a hip injury or whatever. And Kadarius Tony uh, 
Sometimes people don't. Sometimes people can't accept even niceties without uh, getting upset about them. Yes, somehow. yes. Especially people with erratic histories, such as Kadarius Tony's. Um, let's see. Uh, <laughs> I guess Tony would rather the Chiefs just come out and publicly say he's scratched because he sucks. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Like, dude, they're giving you an excuse to be benched right now. Hide behind the hip injury, man. Yeah, don't be don't be upset about that. Like that's a much better a hip injury can be dealt with later. People people will look at a hip injury that doesn't need surgery as like, oh, okay, whatever. Yeah. No big deal. Um you like being impossible to work with or something. Just for example. That's uh, that's much worse. For example, much yes. Worse. Yeah. yeah. Um other leftovers from the conference title games. I forgot about this. We I forgot to address this yesterday. The video of dumbass CJ Gardner Johnson the safety for the Lions, waving goodbye to the 49er crowd as they were up 21-7 in the second quarter of the game. Yeah, yeah. What are you doing, dude? I I tell you what, man. You play for the Lions, okay? He's never been on Twitter. uh, He's never been a Texans fan on Twitter during a playoff game with the Chiefs. I'll tell you that Yeah, that's true. (laughs) True. I went through that pain to teach me a lesson about how I should treat the Texans being tied with the Ravens at the half. Yes. Where uh, I, I, do, I do remind myself, hey, these salad days uh, of, of being tied with the Ravens, uh, they, they might not last. They yep. might not last. Um, Dan Campbell's decision-making was under a ton of scrutiny yesterday. Here, here's my – I know you have a big issue with it, Seth. My big issue – I don't have an issue with Dan Campbell. No, 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 an issue yeah. with what I'm about to – an issue with yeah. the people assessing it. Yeah. Mine is the fact that Mike Florio wrote this long piece blaming analytics for Dan Campbell's decision, like going yeah. in on analytics in football and how it, it doesn't really apply the same way it does in baseball, which is, is, is true. There's, there is a lot more nuance to football than there yeah. is baseball, where it's a lot of one-on-one matchups, individual matchups with pitchers and hitters and so forth. Um, here's the thing. When you're talking specifically about Dan Campbell, he never used the word analytics once in explaining himself. Not a single right. time. Not a single time. Dan Campbell actually had what I thought were somewhat sound football reasons for doing what he did, especially the, the one where he didn't kick to tie the game in the fourth mm-hmm. quarter, that he wanted to take a lead in the game as opposed to tying the game because of his defense was kind of collapsing at that point. I thought that was a logical explanation. I don't know that I wouldn't have tried to kick it there, but I thought it was a logical explanation. Dan Campbell did not lean on analytics for this for for his excuse for making these decisions. Right. Well, and I think also like Florio, what he said yesterday was basically he did he had a really effective takedown of a version of analytics that doesn't really exist. Yeah. Uh, he was he was acting like all the analytics dudes do is say go uh, be aggressive all the time. Yeah. Um, and I think the the problem with using analytics for either of those decisions is that really like. <laughs> It's, you can do the math in your head for for like the the actual analytical or the actual uh, like probability reasons and all of that is stuff that any coach from 1952 would have and could have had in his head regarding what to do in that situation. And what's driving me crazy is the number of otherwise intelligent people who are saying in both those field goal situations, "You take the points, you take the points, you take the points." That kicker. Is career fifty three percent from forty five to fifty yards? Like there is no part of that where you cannot use as your justification. You take the points, and then they go on to describe. I was watching Rich Eisen this morning. Goes on to describe how obvious it is because you take the points, and then oh you have God. the field goal, and then here you go. Dude. No, you attempt the field goal. Okay. You attempt the field goal. I can only imagine you listening yeah. to Eisen say, "Take the points of all people. <laughs> you take the point in the most condescending way possible." 
And then you have that field goal because you attempted the field oh goal God. with your crappy kicker. Oh my you God. take the points. Yeah. No, no, all these people are going to be in Vegas. I, mean, I can't wait to, to watch them lose their 401ks like, with that, under, that, that minimal understanding I of math. I can't wait to watch you confront all these people like Rich now, Eisen. Now, <laughs> the, the accurate. Now, because what a lot of people have responded to me with this is they'll say, well, you should have had a better kicker. Like, okay. Like I'm not going to base my decision in the moment on pretending I've got a better kicker. So the fact of the matter is for me, either decision would have been fine. If he had gone for the kick or if he had gone for it, the other part of it too, is the 49ers are not particularly good in short yardage defense. Yes. And Landry came on after he got off yesterday and said that I was ignoring the fact that they're going up against the 49ers defense. Okay. Well, a, in your version where, oh, it's the 49ers defense. Yeah, you know who they have to go again against after they tie the game? The 49ers defense. Yeah. Like, okay, like, like, the, ooh, they tied the game. Yeah. Does that mean they win a championship? No. The other part is, uh, like, Ben Johnson should have been taking a task for passing the ball instead of running it because the 49ers short yardage rushing defense was the worst in the league. Yeah. The absolute worst in the league. So it's just, a, it was more of a toss-up. You cannot say, if you say you take the points, you're lying and you're exposing that you haven't actually looked into the situation at all. That's all I get. You can think that they needed to kick the field goal. I'm fine. But don't say you take the points because you're lying. Headlines. Rockets. Big win last night. Somewhat big injury, too, I would say, for this in advance of the Super Bowl for one of the two defenses that we will get to. Latest on the coaching stuff in the NFL. We go to headlines next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time, baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Live from the Twin Peaks studios, Sports Radio 610 presents... Payne and Pendergast with today's headlines. All right, let's start with the uh, let's start with the Rockets from last night. This is actually uh, Rockets were actually a big story nationally last night on Sports Center because they anytime you beat LeBron James and his team like a drum, you're a big story. And anytime Dylan Brooks is involved in a game with LeBron James, there's usually some fireworks. And there were last night. The fireworks on the scoreboard were the Rockets, 135-119, to a game they led by 30 at one point, 94-64 in the third quarter. Lakers made a late run at them, got it down to 10 with about four minutes to go, but then the Rockets hit a couple shots, and they end up winning by 16 points. The big story from this game in terms of uh, just fireworks between personalities, Dylan Brooks got under the skin of the Lakers again. Jared Vanderbilt, this time, got him ejected. 
Dylan Brooks kind of nudged him when he was up in the air at one point. Might have been a slightly dirty play. I don't know. But Jared Vanderbilt took exception to it and wound up getting two technicals and getting tossed in the game. Dylan Brooks did not take the bait from Jared Vanderbilt, Seth. Vanderbilt was you know trying the, to draw him into a little scuffle. The, uh, the interesting thing about this is, uh, you know, with full transparency, we said when the Rockets signed Dylan Brooks that you know how these things go. Uh, his, his antics are unacceptable when they're with another team. And when they get here, you start to see, okay, hey, he's our guy. There's two sides to every story. <laughs> That's right. Hey. That's right. That's right. <laughs> um, he's misunderstood. I, <laughs> yes, 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 yes. And we predicted as such beforehand. For sure. So I'm not being a hypocrite or anything. Nope. I will, I will, as a way of uh, excusing ourselves a little bit. And this is the entire city of Houston. It is curious exactly how far south it went for him with the with Memphis and the way that they reportedly wouldn't sign him back for any reasons whatsoever. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it suggests that perhaps either Memphis was overly sensitive about something or maybe, maybe Dylan Brooks did have to kind of maybe up the maturity a, a, a half notch or something. But yeah. so far... So far, it has been a positive, much more so than a negative. I think that that edge that he brings to it, it's almost like a, uh, I, I, I don't want to make a Draymond Green uh, comparison, but there's like a, there's an element that Draymond Green brings to the Warriors that like he could dial it back three notches and would still give them a bit of an edge. Yeah. I think that you need a guy like that with a young group like this, and I think Dylan Brooks is good for him. I'll make a cross-sport analogy in the spirit yeah. of what we've been doing this morning. You made the analogy of Lamar Jackson and Dwight Howard a little bit earlier. We've had yeah. Lamar Jackson, James Harden analogies. I'll make a Dylan Brooks, Jacoby Jones analogy. I think the feeling in Memphis is that he lost a playoff series for them because of how he went at LeBron. Yeah. And yeah. it got them knocked out of the play. It woke up LeBron, and it got them knocked out of the playoffs. Similarly, when Jacoby Jones let that ball bounce off his face in the AFC divisional round against the against the Ravens, yeah. he you yeah. couldn't bring him back after that. Like there was no, he wasn't good enough to bring him back to weather that storm. You just had to cut him. Now the equivalent would have been if Dylan Brooks actually became a Laker and, right, and, and right, helped them yeah. to a chance because Jacoby yeah. Jones actually goes to the Ravens and it was like he was a secret agent or something like that. But, but I think that a... that was the thing with Brooks is I think they felt like you you got us knocked out of the playoffs kind of here. There's a certain element of like uh, it's like pooping your pants at school. Uh, sometimes like you might just have to transfer. You can't That's, come uh, back from that. <laughs> you're gonna have yeah. to, like you, you just. You got to make that decision. Like, all right, like, what am I going to do? Spend the next five years no. living, like, trying to trying to correct this. Or There's something? a like, school uh, right down the, the street. Yes, <laughs> down the street might not be far enough because then word will travel. Fair you enough. You got to move. Change you towns. Move. Yeah, yeah, change towns. Yeah. All right. So the Rockets win last night. News, early news for the Super Bowl involving a former Texan, Charles Amenahu, who had a big play in the AFC title game. Uh, a strip sack of Lamar Jackson that George Karloftis fell on and led to a, uh, I believe, led to a Kansas City touchdown in that game on Sunday. Um, later in the game, left with an injury, clearly frustrated when he left the game. Uh, torn ACL for Charles Amenahu. So he will not only miss the Super Bowl, but probably have a fairly lengthy rehab ahead of him this offseason. Amenahu is one of the people cited uh, alongside Justin Reed and Kyle Hamilton. As players, that it was it was hard to watch this weekend, knowing that they either had been Texans at one point, and maybe you didn't get the best out of them, or they could have been Texans if you had drafted them. Yes, you you. When I texted you about my own my own issues with this, I was struggling with this. You said, "Hey, look, if they'd had those guys on the roster, 
last year or two years ago, then perhaps the the Texans never would have been in a position to get C.J. Stroud. Yeah. And who knows? Maybe not even maybe not even D'Amico. Depending right. on whether you know, maybe D'Amico, if he's looking at the situation and there's not as good a draft pick, who knows? Who knows? They, so uh, everything happens for a reason, and just leave it at that. They needed to be bad enough in 2022 to get all the appropriate people fired, and to yeah. be picking high enough to get C.J. Stroud. That's how I sleep at night that they don't have Kyle Hamilton. I tell myself that Kyle Hamilton might have made a couple plays in 2022 that wins you a game or two, and then you don't get C.J. Stroud. So my my angst, my ability to sleep at night, or inability to sleep at night, began the day they drafted C.J. Stroud. This is where I will have regret over transactions from here moving forward, C.J. Stroud moving forward. It's a, there's before C.J. and after C.J. And yeah, now we're in okay, the after Just a CJ. clean slate. Clean slate, yep. Um, it's like, uh, just like after you, uh, you Catholics go to confession, right, Sean? That's how, right. that's how you usually excuse everything I'm to me. Constantly You're like, I just got to be sure I get the confession. <laughs> I, I want get there by don't three. Don't worry about it. Yeah, <laughs> don't worry about those corpses right. from last night. I got night. a standing yeah. appointment with, with the, uh, the clergy yeah. to confess <laughs> every week. Um, so, um, coaching stuff. Uh, Seattle interviewed Ben Johnson, the OC for the Lions, on Monday night. They're interviewing Ravens DC, Mike McDonald, today. And then from what I've seen on TV this morning, the inverse of that is taking place with Washington, where I believe they interviewed Mike McDonald yesterday, and they're talking again with Ben Johnson today. So these appear to be Ben Johnson and Mike McDonald. They, they, you know, they, they appear to be two guys that are right up at the top of the list, or maybe it's an availability thing. They've actually been coaching for the last couple of weeks, um, and now they're finally available to do these interviews. Um, seems like Ben Johnson is still the favorite for Washington, although Adam Schefter was saying on McAfee yesterday, like, Hey, don't 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 be surprised if it's not as signed, sealed, and delivered with Ben Johnson in Washington and Dan Quinn in Seattle. There might be some curveballs here at the end. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I, I don't. I have never been comfortable with any of those. Just because it's it's not like they came with hard and fast, like one person with an insider, uh, like or like what it wasn't like one reporter that you really trust saying that yeah. there's a source on the inside that says it's those guys it just seems like a whole lot of group think like tends to happen in these situations and uh, yeah i'm um i'm de- i'm not that far removed back from when the, t- the texans did about 19 different things in a coaching search that you didn't expect bobby slowick is up for both of these jobs he's interviewed yeah. with both of these teams um i'm wondering what the sequence of events would be that would lead to bobby slowick getting one of these two jobs like you know ben johnson flunking the interviews you know or maybe like you said maybe we're just in a ben johnson groupthink mode right now and washington really likes bobby slowick the best they're just doing their due diligence with a couple guys who haven't been available for interviews until right. yesterday yeah and i mean look at look at what how teams have approached it this year they've all it seems like most of them have interviewed like 10 guys at least. Yes. And I mean, Atlanta, Atlanta was very much uh, like Belichick was the favorite for a long time there. Mm-hmm. And then other, you know, Bobby Slowick started sifting to the top and uh, like nobody really, I, I, I don't know if Raheem Morris was ever the favorite in that. Right. Um, no, he wasn't he yeah, was like the betting yeah. favorite. No, he never was. Huh? He was never the favorite. He was never really heavily linked as the guy that'll probably get the job. So yeah, the, like theoretically Washington could have decided on Bobby Slowick two weeks ago and they're just kind of waiting just to be sure that there's consensus and that everybody feels the same about it, negotiating the contract. I don't know. I don't know. I just don't want to lose, as I've said, I don't want to lose both him and Gerard Johnson no. all at once. No, got to keep one. And I think if they lose Slowick, there's a good chance Gerard Johnson probably gets bumped up to OC. He's interviewing for, he's interviewed for five different OC positions outside of the Houston Texans. All right, um, Payne and Pendergast with you on a um, 
on a Tuesday. Got a lot of stuff to get into with the Super Bowl. We'll be there. We'll be in Vegas. Feet on the ground Sunday night. We'll be doing all our shows from there Monday through Friday next week. Big thanks to Yingling Flight for sponsoring our trip there. The Low T Center as well. We thank both of them for uh, getting us to Las Vegas next week. We got some good stuff lined up out there for you guys. So should be a whole lot of fun. Um, speaking of the Super Bowl, be prepared. The storylines for this Super Bowl are going to be unlike any that we've seen in recent history. These were the stories that were getting sent to me in my email yesterday from the various news outlets that were labeled as Super Bowl stories. Be prepared. That is next. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day. Brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. 